Welcome to Whipple's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Whipple. Voting for the NFL Pro Bowl has begun, and the Green Bay Packers figure to have a slew of players in the mix. But which Packers should be chosen? Greetings, I'm Gary Wolfel, and I'm joined today and every week by Rob Reichel, the terrific Packers beat reporter for Forbes.com and Connolly Media. Rob, if they had a Pro Bowl for NFL voter uh, reporters, you'd get my vote. <laughs> Again, Gary, I see yeah, I'm trying to win week. you over early in the game here, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I say it every week, Gary, you got to outlift me so you can do my eulogy because I'm... <laughs> I'm hopefully that, that won't be for another 35 years or so. <laughs> that, but, uh, hey, that works. I, yeah, there, we both there. have another 35 or 40. That's all good. There you go. Say, so, uh, Rob, our assignment for uh, the week was to determine which Packers should be chosen for the Pro Bowl. And uh, certainly there are a host of Packers who deserve consideration. They're having a hell of a season. But uh, let, let's run down your choices. You can go with the first one. I'll go with the second one, and then we'll just alternate. And uh, by that time, we should have 22 Packers in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I guess when you're, I guess when you're nine and three and you're fighting for the number one spot, you should, you should get a large number, right? You know what's yeah. interesting, though, Gary, is because of all these injuries and they're, and they're doing it with so many complementary pieces and and backups at certain spots. I I don't think this is going to be a year you know, where you see seven, eight, nine Packers when it's all said and done, you might see four and then you might see four more as alternates, but you know, I, I'll take the easy one to start Gary, you know, and I'll start with the quarterback Rogers. Who's, who's nine and two as a starter, you know, Gary, for the first time this morning, when you told me you wanted to talk about this, the first time ever, I, I actually went on to NFL.com and kind of looked at how they do the voting. Yeah. I've, I've never actually filled out a ballot and voted. It's weird. It, it, it is. And, and if, and, and fans need to remember this, it's not like it was, you know, two, three seasons ago where you voted three quarterbacks from the NFC, three from the AFC, three running backs from the NFC, three, three running backs from the AFC. You just vote now for six quarterbacks in the league. You vote for six running backs. You know, you, you vote, uh, kind of across the board, Gary. So, yes, yes. you know, it, it, it's really interesting because I, I think the talent, uh, certainly a quarterback, Gary, um, is is dominated right now by the NFC. And I, I think there are five guys in that conference that, that probably deserve to play in the Pro Bowl. And that's Rodgers, Tom Brady, obviously, Kyler Murray in Arizona, Stafford, who might be, you know, trickling toward the bubble a little bit in with the Rams and, and then Dak Prescott, uh, Gary and Dallas, but you know, Ro Rogers and Brady are no brainers coming out of that conference. You know, Rogers, Gary, he's got the number two passer rating. He's one Oh five, five, you know, 23 touchdowns, I think ranks sixth in the league right now. He's only got the four picks. That number is always low. And again, Gary, the big number, you know, more than anything is, is they're nine and two when he starts games and, and they're in the fight for the one seed largely because of him. Do they win the game in Kansas city? If he plays maybe, and then they're sitting at the one seed right now, but uh, Gary with, with all the drama 
that went on last last off season. Will he show up? Won't he show up? Will he be traded? Won't he be traded? You know, with, with, with all the craziness around around his COVID, um, you know, call it call it lying, deceiving, what have you, uh, with 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 the media and and just the, the NFL in general. Here the guy sits, Gary, in the middle of a damn good year again, and uh, certainly to you know certainly deserves one of those those quarterbacking spots and. You know, we'll get into this in a little bit, Gary, but he, he's making a late run here as well for his fourth MVP. So so I'll, I'll take the easy one right out of the shoot, Gary, and, and, and Aaron Rodgers is a no-brainer as, as one of the quarterbacks. Yeah, you would, you would think he'd be a no-brainer. I had him as one of my guys as well. But, but you're absolutely right. The NFC is stacked with quarterbacks. I mean, we talked about Rodgers, Brady, Stafford, and I'll tell you, Kirk Cousins is having a heck of a year, and nobody's talking about it, even though he lines up behind the wrong guy at times. <laughs> and, and Gary, that's why nobody talks about him for the most part, because at crunch time, you know, he, he, he's a wilting flower. He lines up under the wrong player, right? He, he, he's done things like that through the course of his career. And at crunch time, like in that Tampa Bay Colts game last week when Brady gets the ball back with four minutes, You've seen that movie a hundred times by now, haven't you, Gary? Oh, you absolutely. That's what's going to happen. Tom Brady's going to win the damn game. Yeah. And then, and then you got Dak Prescott and Murray. And to me, it's like every one of them is worth, worthy of being in the Pro Bowl. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll take three, I would assume, right? And last year they took Rodgers, Wilson, and Murray. And it looks like, uh, you know, somebody's going to get screwed this year. It's unfortunate, but. I, I agree with you. Who do you take after Brady and Rogers? Who would be your third pick? Oh, Murray. I mean, the fact that they're at the one spot, Gary. Yep. I know he's missed a couple of games and, and actually one of their losses came when he was out. The other one came when, when Green Bay went to Arizona and won the 24, 21 game. Um, and, and again, that's another feather in Rogers cap right there, Gary, you know, that, that he went on the road and he beat the best team at least record wise today in the, in the, in the NFC without his top three wideouts. Um, Gary, the fact that Rogers has this group at nine and three with, with all the injuries they've had um, a, a completely mishmash reshaped offensive line. Um, you know, he, he's done it now the last month without his borderline pro bowl tight end mm-hmm. they've Adams for a stretch. They've, they've missed Aaron Jones for, for a brief time here. Lazard has missed some time. I mean, Gary, just, just across the board. I mean, the fact that they're sitting there nine and three have a chance for the one seed and home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. I mean, you, you, you've got to give uh, an enormous amount of that credit to Rogers. So Uh, he to me, he to me, Gary is a no brainer. Brady's a no brainer. And then my third guy, at least out of the NFC would be Murray. Exactly. Okay. My uh, next pick uh, would be, I think a no-brainer as well, and that's Devontae Adams. And uh, he ranks second in receiving yards. He's fourth in receptions. They'll take four receivers, I would assume. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, last year, Adams made it, as did Justin Jefferson, who I think will make it this time. But the other two were DeAndre Hopkins and Metcalf. And I don't think they're going to make it. I think Cooper Cup's going to be on there. And I think Debo Samuel's going to be on there. So, but uh, Adams is clearly, you know, if he's not the best receiver now in football, he's, he's damn close. So, 
All I can do there, Gary, is concur. That's an easy one. That's, You're such you know, a nice those, guy. Those, those guys on offense <laughs> are, are, to me, absolute no-brainers. All right, you're up the bat. You know, Gary, as, as beat to hell as they have been on that offensive side of the ball, yeah, it's hard to come up with another guy on, on offense. Agreed. But I, I'm, I'm going to throw you one, and I don't think he's going to get in, but I think he's deserving, um, is Elton Jenkins, who hmm. did yeoman's work at left tackle before he blew out his knee in, in the Minnesota game and whatever that was, week 11. Um, Gary, he, he was playing at a Pro Bowl level at left tackle. No um, question. You know, and, and, and by nature and theory, I guess, moving forward, he's a guard. Now, it, it'll be fascinating, Gary, with Jenkins in a year when his contract is up, um, how he views himself, because we all know the money goes to the tackles, especially yep. the left tackle, mm-hmm. not the interior players. And, and if Jenkins wants to market himself now, and he's got a lot of damn good film to do it, Gary, as, as a tackle, you know, he can certainly do that. And he can go out on the open market and, and make a killing. But Gary, I think he was third in pro football focuses rankings of tackles at the time that he went down. And yeah. again, he might just not have a great, you know, great enough body of work. He's obviously not going to play in the game. Somebody would replace him from an injury standpoint, but, but Gary, I mean, I, I, you know, 11 games at, at, at left tackle, trying to keep Rogers clean, trying to go excel at a spot that, that he hasn't had to play his entire time in green Bay. Uh, I mean, Jenkins was absolutely fantastic. Gary, the, does he get the sympathy vote? Probably not, but on this podcast, he's going to get mine. All right. <laughs> Again, you're such a nice guy, you know, <laughs> yeah. that to the Packers for who I've ripped for all these years, Gary, yeah. they might feel a little differently. Well, maybe I'll send them this podcast, you know, say, there you go. Right, right. We, we have a new man in town here <laughs> anyway okay so okay well we'll give you another shot then uh because I, I i agree he he had a hell of a year up until his injury but i don't think he's going to make it simply because he hasn't played the last couple of weeks and uh the voting's going to go on for a couple more weeks so but okay obviously you got some guys on the uh, defensive side of the ball yeah did you want to give me your next one or you want me to go again uh, I'll go because I think it's going to be a no-brainer. I think you and I are going to be on uh, the same page with this one, but go ahead. All right. I, I know where you're going, Gary, so I'm going to go in a different direction, or I have a hunch where you're going. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to go to Adrian Amos. Yes. In, in, in the back, it's, it's safety, Gary. He, he, he's, he's such an overlooked, underrated player in this league, really even on this defense, Gary. Man, they, they've played without Jair Alexander now for two months. You, you never know week to week if, if Kevin King's playing, do you? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, man, he, he, he might be the most unreliable Packer of my lifetime, Gary. It's just, it's just remarkable how much time he misses, and he missed again last week. They're playing with a guy off the street in Rasul Douglas. They're playing with, with a nickel corner in Shandon Sullivan, and, and they're playing with a rookie first-rounder who's got a lot of ability, but he's still raw in Stokes. And who keeps that whole thing together, Gary? Adrian Amos does. And, and his stats are never going to jump off the page, but he's so smart. He gets them lined up perfectly, even these new guys. You don't, you don't see, you know, the breakdowns that, that you, you, you've seen in the past, Gary. 
ever since they got Amos now, this is the third year of Amos. You know, th- there was always a bust at game somewhere and, yeah. and fans would scream at their TV. Oh my God, how is that guy so open? You, you just don't see this. And Amos is a huge reason why, Gary, he's always in the right spot. He's had everybody else in the right spot. Uh, Gary, they're ninth right now in passing yards allowed with this kind of, um, you know, mishmash secondary that we've seen from, you know, for, for the better part of the season right now. And they're eighth in a, an opposing quarterback passer rating. Savage is a really good player too, Gary. Um, I, I don't think his time has quite yet come. I think it's Amos's time. Um, and, and, and he, he would, he would, I know where you're going and, and Amos is not the defensive MVP, uh, but, but he, he's the guy I'm going to go to right now, Gary, because I think you're going to the defensive MVP next. Oh, you're, you're setting the uh, table up here. Wait, you know what? <laughs> Except I think you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> but anyways, I, I do agree with Amos. Uh, I'm glad you, uh, you know, thought it as highly of him as I do. The only concern I have is that there's going to be two strong safeties taken, okay? And last year they took Buda Baker and they took Adams from Seattle, okay? And, and it's, it's a reputation thing. And I think those two are going to go back again, whether they deserve to or not. And uh, Amos could get screwed, but uh, I'm with you. He's the Packers' second leading tackler, and you brought up a great observation. I mean, that was really an unstable secondary, and Amos has brought it together. He's kind of solidified it and done a hell of a job. So for his sake, I I hope he makes it because I think he deserves it. Now, my pick... I am going with the guy that I think might be one of the most underrated players in football. And I think he he's just having a hell of a year and that's Kenny Clark. Now, is that who you thought I was going to say? Nope. I thought you were going to Devondre Campbell, but that's fine. I I know. I know. I I was, he's on my list as well, but Kenny Clark has just been good every game. And if you uh, look at that defensive line, it's not like he's playing with pro bowl defensive ends, uh, just the opposite. And uh, it seems like the bigger the moment, the better he plays. He's had some huge uh, defensive plays, you know, late in the game. And I, I, I just think he's terrific. And uh, as I tweeted out on Sunday, I said, if he doesn't make the Pro Bowl to me, there should be an investigation. <laughs> I, I think he's that good. Yeah, he lived in the Rams backfield on, on Sunday, Gary. He could have got his mail back there. You know, there was, you go. It, 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 he dominated a, a pretty good offensive line. You know, you're spot on. Again, playing in that three four though, he he's not going to pile up these yep. monster stats, right? That that a Miles Garrett is going to get in Cleveland or whatever, who's who's turned loose to to chase the quarterback down in and down out. Ken, Kenny's job is different. It's it's gobble up blockers and and let linebackers flow and you know, guys like Campbell and Barnes come and come and make the tackles. He has, he has been a greater presence in the backfield and, and, and attacking quarterbacks rushing this season, Gary, than he has. And, you know, the last couple, and some of that was injury related with, with Kenny, but no, I I'm with you hundred percent. He's on my list too. Um, again, though, Gary, whether he's a big enough name and whether the stats are going to carry him home is certainly a question mark, but, uh, but he, he's certainly a guy I think that's deserving. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you you were accurate in mentioning, you know, last Sunday. I mean, all, all it 
pregame hype and, and the hype during the game was on Aaron, Aaron Donald, and, and I get it. But I'll tell you what, if you would have watched that game, I would have took Kenny Clark over Aaron Donald. I, I thought he was a much better player that day. I, I wouldn't argue that. You know, Donald was, you know, Donald was double teamed every snap, and they had to. And Donald still wound up saying hello to Aaron Rodgers a few times. <laughs> exactly. He, 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 I'll say this, Gary, he's a remarkably impressive player for them. The guy who I put my binoculars on a lot in that game, Gary, who, who really was a disappointment, or from the flip side, you can you can look at from the Packers side and, and talk about what a great job their left tackle did, was Von Miller, Gary, who did absolutely nothing in that in that football game. Could, uh, couldn't agree part. with you more. You, you, you have mentioned it on this podcast that, that maybe he's done and, and the Rams gave up too much. And, and I don't blame the Rams for, you know, going big or going home and that philosophy and that approach, you know, that they're all in for this year. They're trying to get it done this year, but maybe Miller wasn't the guy uh, either that or, or Yash Nishman in green Bay is, is, is the, is the second coming of, um, you Forrest know, Greg. <laughs> Forrest Gregg, or maybe you know, yeah. I mean, Gary, maybe he's maybe he's their right tackle, for example, of the future, or something like that. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see. Um, um, it, he absolutely won the day against against Von Miller. Um, I'm I'm off point a little bit here, Gary, but um, you know, it, it, in a perfect world, well, we know Donald's getting in. You know, yeah, the Donald absolutely. and Clark probably both yep. get in. Yeah. Um, and and they're both deserving. And uh, again, we'll, we'll, we've got a, the better part of a month. We'll, we'll see how the voting goes. Yeah, last year, Rob, uh, Fletcher Cock and Grady Jarrett were the other two defensive tackles chosen to the Pro Bowl. But uh, again, um, you know, Kenny Clark doesn't have that big rep and that, that could come back to hurt him. But I think if you watched the Packers this year, <laughs> yeah, you had to come away really, really impressed with the guy. Now, you can go again. We, we both agreed it was Campbell. I mean, what, what a terrific addition he's been. I mean, who, who saw this coming, huh? Nobody, or he wouldn't be, he wouldn't have been sitting on the street on June 10th. Right. Precisely. I mean, just, I mean, one of the most remarkable uh, signings probably of you know, the last 25 years when it comes, comes to the Packers, uh, Gary and, and, and I think fans will, I, 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 I hate to, be the bearer of bad news, but, but fans will be uh, extremely disappointed in March when he signs a three-year $36 million contract uh, with, with somebody else, because the Packers will be in salary cap. Hell are going to sure. have to watch him leave, but you know, good for him. He was on a one-year prove it deal and he's absolutely gone ahead and done that Gary. You know, he's eighth in the league in tackles with 99. He's got uh, the two interceptions. He's got a fumble. Uh, recovery. He's forced two fumbles. I mean, Gary, how many times did you did you hear Tyler Higby's name the other day in that Rams game? Good point. Not many. Good point. Not many. And that's one of the eight to eight or ten best tight ends probably in football. And Campbell was matched on him a good chunk of the day, Gary. He can cover as well. You, you know, there, there's a lot of times that that's not the most glamorous uh, thing an inside linebacker can do because if the ball doesn't go there, you're not you know you're not piling up your stats. But he, he, in large part, took Higby out of that game. Um, and he's done that, Gary, all year uh, with, with various tight ends. The guy can absolutely cover. Um, and, and, and the Packers have had a, a, a glaring need uh, in, at inside linebacker in terms of somebody who can do that, Gary, for about five or six years 
all the way back to Joe Thomas in, in the 2014-15 yeah. range, a kind of an undersized guy who who they'd put in in you know obvious passing situations because he could take tight ends away. But Green Bay hasn't had anybody since then, Gary. And Campbell just can do everything. Um, I, I think I looked the other day, Gary. He's played 99.8 percent of the defensive snaps. Is I that mean, right? It's just remarkable. Yeah, I mean wow. he's only missed like four or five snaps or something all yeah. year. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't come off the field. What are they? Fifth in points, seventh in total defense. If if if, if they're playing this year, Gary, with let's just say Oren Burks or you know yeah. somebody else at, at that particular spot, the Martin kid who they cut from from Minnesota back in training camp, maybe somebody else they would have taken a flyer uh, on off the street. Did you know after teams made their cuts in August, Gary? I I, I would have to think. What, what did I say? They're fifth in points. I yeah. bet you they're 10th in points, you know, yeah. seventh in total yards. I bet they're 14th. I mean, that's the kind of impact Campbell has made and green Bay is going to have to give some real consideration to locking him up long-term. I don't think they can do it financially, Gary. Um, I guess anything's possible, but uh, the guy's earned himself a heck of a lot of money with the, with the season that he's in the middle of and, you know, good for him. He, he's a winner when it's all said and done, and the Packers certainly are winners here by signing him in 2021. Yep, uh, we, we are in agreement with uh, Mr. Campbell as well. You know, though, Rob, uh, the, the Packers have had one of the top defenses in the NFL, and, and they, they should have all these guys to me, Amos, Campbell, and Clark in the Pro Bowl. But you know what? I could see scenarios where none of them make it, and uh, that would really be unfortunate. But this Pro Bowl often comes down to reputations. Yep. And, and you look at uh, where Campbell's playing, there's five linebackers in the NFC alone that have more tackles than him, okay? Five, which is crazy because he has 99, which is a, a huge number. Gary, but, read them to me if you would real quick. Yeah, I might need a, a translator here. Fosadi Oluokan of Atlanta. Is that yep, correct? Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're very close. I, I couldn't do it any better than you did. Well, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we write and not, okay. uh, and not do team play-by-play. Thank you. Bobby Wagner of Seattle is going to make it, sure. right? Okay, go on. Okay. Roquan Smith of the Bears. Okay. Eric Kendricks of Minnesota. All right. And Alex Singleton of Philadelphia. All right, and, Gary, every guy you read to me is yeah. on a losing team, though. I I agree. I think he's every single well. guy. Minnesota's five and six. That's the best record in the group. Yeah, again, right. very very good Seattle, point. But but I'll bet Seattle's three and eight. Philly, what is Philly? Four and seven. Atlanta, Atlanta might be five and six. I guess. But I mean, you're you're talking about players from losing teams, and and I still say a huge component of this should now now Bobby Wagner's going to get in because he's Bobby Wagner, right? I mean, that's, yeah. He, he's probably as good as it gets, and and he's deserving. It's not his fault. Seattle's three and eight, but um, boy, Gary, I, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm, I'm a big believer that you, you, re, you reward the, 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 the players from teams that uh, are, are the top seeds in each conference that are going to go to the playoffs. that are going to make Super Bowl runs. We, we don't want to see six Detroit lions in, in this game. Do we, we, right, we don't right. want to see five Houston Texans. I don't want to see four guys from the Falcons or three from the jets. This, this should be a reward for, for winning football and winning football teams. And um, 
Gary, if enough, if enough people think that same way, and I do think there's a percentage, you know, that, then a guy like Campbell's going to get in. Yeah. Yeah. And he deserves to be in. Uh, right. I, I totally agree. Wagner's going to make it on reputation. I, I think Smith's going to make it on reputation. I think the wild card is Kendrick's. Uh, there's some people in Minnesota thinks he's, you know, he walks on, on ice in Minnesota, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I am on the same page with you regarding Campbell. I should, he should get in, but uh, again, Amos Campbell and Clark could all get yeah. screwed. It, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Gary, do you know what percentage the fan vote plays into this? Is it about a third? I think it is a third. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and that, and that's where, you know, guys like an Amos or a Clark or, you know, like I even mentioned earlier at Jenkins who just aren't household names kind of get screwed in the, in this whole thing. Right. Absolutely. Cause like we said, it's a popularity contest and the fan sits down at the game and, and good for him. It's his right. And good for him for filling out the ballot. Um, but they're going to, they're going to check the boxes of the names they've heard of. Right. Right. The, right. The, the, the guys that, I mean, heck you watch Gary OBJ, for example, will, will probably wind up getting a lot of votes because people have heard of him and he's been in the news all year. Right. It's, it's just that, that, that's the way a, a, a casual fan thinks from time to time. They, they're not going to get on their phone and do any research and, and, and say who leads league in sacks or where does so-and-so rank in tackles or anything like that. And, um, Again, I, I, I get it from the NFL standpoint. You want the fan involvement, good for them. Good for, uh, you know, good for them allowing the fans to have a say. But, um, you know, Gary, a lot of times that can skew things one way or the other. And, and older veterans whose best years, you know, were 2017, 18, 19, something like that, are going to sneak into this game rather than young up-and-comers and, and guys that deserve it for the 2021 season. And you know another ins- it's inside linebacker that we totally overlooked, and I'd be shocked if he didn't make it. It's just that he's not among the leaders in tackles. Okay. Yeah. Devin White. Yeah, he'll be in. Yep. So that, yep. that just ma- that, that just makes it all the more tougher for Campbell. Heck, to Levante David could be in Gary. Yes. Yes. So you know either one of those either one of those Buccaneers lines. No, it's 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 a really hard position to crack. I, I get that. But again, anybody that does any research or looks closely at why Green Bay's defense has made so many strides this year, I mean, that they absolutely have to check the ballot box for Campbell. Mm-hmm. Any other Packers you think uh, have a shot that, that you would consider? I mean, not saying that they're going to make it, but maybe, you know, are having pretty darn good years and, and deserve at least a look. Well, I, I think that I think one guy who will be an alternate, Gary, is. Um, is Rashawn Gary, uh, who, who yeah. leads him in sacks with six and a half, uh, was, was just a force again the other day coming back from, from that elbow injury. I, I mean, Gary, you think what they lost, I mean, they got 18 snaps this year out of Zedarius Smith, 18 snaps. Is that what it was? And, and, wow. if, and if you would, and if you would have told me that Gary, you know, back on August 31, yeah. Um, and, and that the pass rush probably wouldn't miss a beat. I would have said, you're freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, and I think most people would have as well. They're talking about a guy who had 26 sacks over the last two years in, in Zadarius. And, 
And, and Rashawn Gary, now, now I know that that six and a half sacks um, is 21st in the league. So, you know, he's obviously not up among the elite leaders. He's got a chance though here, Gary, in the last, in the last five weeks, I think, I think to get to double digits and then some, when, when you look at that schedule, um, yeah. lions, bears, Vikings, Browns, those, those are four teams right now that aren't very good. Um, and, and in, in the case of the bears and the lions, you're talking about probably, you know, the worst team in football with Detroit and Chicago's a bottom eight. Um, yes. And, you know, and the only real tough game coming out, you know, in, in these final five is, is the game at Baltimore in week 15. And, and, and I'm a big believer, Gary, that, that if the Packers go steal that game, they're going to have home field. They're going to get to 14 and three and they'll have home field the entire way. But my point with all this is Rashawn, this is going to set up pretty nicely for Rashawn Gary. He's not playing against very well, other than Cleveland uh, and Baltimore's is pretty good, I guess. But the, but the Lions, Bears, and Vikings do not have particularly good offensive lines. Rashawn Gary could get himself to 11, 12 sacks when this thing's all said and done, Gary. Um, does that get him in? Probably not because he hasn't done a whole lot his first two years in the league. And, and like you said, this is a, it's a reputation vote. But he's going to end up a Pro Bowl alternate. And, and from where he was yeah. uh, as a rookie in 2019, absolutely lost and, and then kind of a bit player last year in 2020, Gary, who, who closed the year strong. Um, I'll certainly give him that. Um, I, I don't know that they could have asked a whole lot more in 2021 than in terms of what Rashawn Gary has given them. Yeah, you know, one guy I think who is having a quietly nice season and, and again, he's not going to make it is uh, their punter, Corey Bajorquez. And right. I mean, the guy, get this, Rob, he's averaging 47.8 yards of punt. I mean, 10 years ago, he would have been in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and the, and the crazy thing is there's five punters from the NFC who have an even better average. Can you believe that? 47.8, and there's five guys that are even better than that. Where does he rank net, Gary? Do you know that? I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, that's factor too. And in, in putting the ball inside the 10 or the 20, I think it's not, I think, I think he's a top 10 net guy as well. I'd have to go look it up right now, but you know, if he, he's done absolutely what they've asked him to in terms of knocking these balls then too, Gary, and you know, in, inside the 20, uh, you, you saw the other day in the Rams game, he pins them once at the one and he pins them once at the 10 yeah. and, and, John, and Johnny Hecker, who's, you know, one of the better punters in the league over the last decade, uh, a guy who Bohorquez was behind, obviously, this summer out in L.A., um, he outkicked him on, on Sunday in Green Bay. We'll see exactly, you know, what, what Bohorquez is made of this last month, Gary, with three out of the last five at home. Uh, this is where J.K. Scott faded to black. Yeah. Um, he, he was always middle of the pack through October early November sitting there at 15th or something like that in, in average and net. And he couldn't kick in the cold Gary. And he, and, you know, he'd, he'd have three, four bad home games and all of a sudden he'd, he'd finish the league 30th in, in those categories. And, and that's all it takes. Cause we, we know that that wind and the weather in green Bay get extremely tricky. Heck, but could be one of those alternate kind of honorable mention type players when this is, when this yeah. is all done, I guess, Gary, no, he, he's given them their best punting in, you know, 20 years. That that's for sure. It's a, again, one of these, you know, very quiet Brian Gutekunst moves. Right. And, 
and 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 I have said this on the podcast, Gary, since since we started two years ago, and and certainly I banged the drum on this since September. I just don't think people fully understood how good this roster was, one to fifty-three, and yeah. and they're mm-hmm. finding it out this season because they've lost so many of their top twenty players along the way, and these other guys have come in and and stepped up. But but Gutekunst. And and the Bajorquez trade is 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 a big you know it's it's a part of that Gary. He got rid of an enormous liability in J.K. Scott, one of the five worst punters in football, and now he's got one of the ten best. You, yeah. you, you didn't anticipate Mason Crosby going in the tank, I guess this this year, and you know balancing it out special teams wise from that point because you could make the case you know special teams aren't any better, but that that's not Bajorquez's fault, Gary. Um, it's, it's other areas and other, in other avenues and, and Gutekunst has just put together a heck of a roster. And I'm telling you, Gary, even if Jordan Love was the quarterback this year, they were going to win the NFC North. Now, were they going to win the NFC? Absolutely not. But they, you know, in in that division with those nonsense teams, they were going to go 10 and seven, nine and eight, win the division with love. Um, but again, in green Bay, that's not good enough, is it? So, um, but, but my point is, whether it's Rogers, whether it's love, whether it's somebody else next year under center, if, if this roster returns, you know, almost to this level, you're still going to have a playoff team in green Bay. Yeah. No question about it. Uh, you know, and I, I was watching the uh, Rams Packers game Sunday and I saw how Hecker is still a Rams kicker and Bajorquez isn't. I go, what the Hecker are the Rams thinking? Oh, uh, Hecker's still really good, Gary. Huh? Hecker is still really good. Yeah, he is. He is good, but I, Hecker's I'll, damn good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, hey, a couple other things uh, just on these on the uh, Pro Bowl, and we'll we'll uh, move on. But uh, our guy is lead, the leading vote getter. Did you see that, Jonathan Taylor? Nice. Pride and joy of uh, he is the number one vote getter in the whole league, Gary. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow, had a baby on Wisconsin. There you go. I mean, and you know what? I give the fans credit. The guy, you know, up until this season, I mean, it's only his second season, but he's having a a terrific season. So they delivered. Who do you think is second? If you you get this, Rob, you got a round to go on me. Just in voting. Yeah. It's going to be a big name, probably that doesn't deserve it. Probably. I'll give you some hint, hints. We just saw him. No, so. no, don't even give me a hint, Gary. Okay. I, I and and believe me, I I'm not looking it up. I'm, I I'm just scanning the teams on on the football helmets that hang from my wall in my house. <laughs> we're um, we're going to have to uh, get a picture of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, that that that's not a bad guess. Believe it or not. It is Cooper Cup. Oh, I thought I thought you meant running backs only. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I, I'm sorry, I misled you. Yeah, second okay. overall. But I mean, Cooper Not, Cup. You know what? Good for Cooper Cup. He deserves that. Yeah. Kudos to the fans for recognizing, you know, the guys on pace for a historic season. Yeah, rounding out the top five. I mean, I, I, this was impressive. I, I mean, usually when they have voting with fans, I mean, in, in the NBA, it's an absolute joke. Um, <laughs> but anyways. Um, rounding out the top five were Kansas City tight end Travis Kelsey, Cleveland defensive end Miles Garrett, and here's one for you: Dallas cornerback Trevon Diggs. How's that? How's that for a top five, huh? 
that's pretty wild that there's no quarterbacks in that list there. And, and, and I'll tell you what, Gary, you know, those, those are all deserving players. Kelsey's not having a Kelsey level kind of year, but Garrett leads the league in sacks and, yeah. and I'm sure I haven't looked lately, but I'm sure Diggs leads the league in, in interceptions. Um, and, and he had that stretch of what a month straight, right. Where he was bringing them back as well. So, yeah, yeah. um, that, that that's not a list I would have envisioned Gary back no. in September though. That's no, for sure. No. And uh, to, to the surprise of no one, including you and me, Dallas had the most votes. Can you imagine that? Shocker. <laughs> yeah. New England was second. I, I thought that was somewhat interesting. Uh, Patriots nation. Interesting. So I, I, I'll be curious to see where uh, Packer nation uh, ends up when, when this is all done. They, they obviously have some uh, catching up to do so. All right, Rob, uh, let's move on to the MVP race. And I know we got plenty of games to be played, but we're also three quarters of the way through the season. And uh, I I think you're seeing the wheat separated from the chaff. And um, right off the top top of my head, I would be leaning, if I had a vote today for the MVP, it would be Tom Brady. You? Absolutely. You know, Rodgers is back in the hunt, Gary, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but he, he's got some ground to make up yes. on, on Tom yes. Brady, I, I think. And, and Gary, not only are Brady's stats at 44 off the charts, but Gary, I, I have a hunch that if these voters really sit down and look at this closely and they, and they see that Tom Brady mm. has only won this award three times I in know. his career, I know they're going to look at themselves I'm ashamed of myself that Brady doesn't have six of these things, right? It's almost like Michael Jordan in the NBA where, where he could have had 13. I mean, you could have given it to him every year. And and didn't he only have five, I think, isn't that right, Gary? Yeah. Five or six. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it wasn't this insane, remarkable number and, and I get it every now and then you wanted to throw in Carl Malone or Charles Barkley or somebody like that, but, but give me a break. Right. I mean, who who do you, who do you want with the ball in your hands and, and, and three seconds left. It's, you know, it, it, it wasn't Carl Malone and it, it, it wasn't Charles Barkley. I mean, it was Jordan and thing with Tom Brady, Gary, he's only got three of these things. He deserves a couple more and he, and he's putting together a season, Gary, that, that deserves it. You know, that 30 touchdowns is first um, passing yards per game. Gary is three ten, So that's second in the league. I think Stafford might be one or Murray. Um, he's sixth in passer rating at 103.1 and he's eighth in incompletion percentage at 67.6 and and I told you this a few weeks ago Gary I said Tampa's set to make a run and and they've won two in a row the schedule is not daunting by any stretch of the imagination they get the bye a week after Green Bay I think they're eight and three right now they they should go to nine and three this week then they're going to rest up Gary and 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 I think they're going to be hell-bent to make a run at that top seed Mm-hmm. and um it, it's going to come down to green bay arizona and tampa bay the way it looks now a couple of weeks ago we had five teams in the discussion we, we included dallas and the rams i i think they're both kind of you know uh they've lost steam that they've put themselves out, out of the picture gary and if brady can get himself that one seed even two and and have his stats stay where they are yeah to me gary he, he's the front runner he's the favorite now the question is who's number two and uh, man, I, I'll tell you what, I, I think it's a crapshoot. Yeah, I mean, I got three other guys that could be two and two, three, and four. And 
depending upon your perspective and how you view things. Um, but I got Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray as my next three. And again, again it's, a, it's a coin flip. Who's number two? But Brady clearly has separated you know, him from the pack in my view. But uh, I'm curious to see who you had two through four or whatever you have there. Yeah, so Gary, I did a story on this for Forbes yesterday. And, and Tom Brady was the leader at plus 350. Um, um, interestingly, and he's not in your top four, Josh Allen was second. Okay. The Buffalo quarterback at plus 450. And, and you could certainly make a case that their entire offense revolves around him. And, yep. and their chase for, you know, supremacy of the AFC is, is completely, um, you know, predicated on Allen being successful or not. And then Rogers Gary is third at plus 600. And interestingly, he's up from two weeks ago when he was plus a thousand. He went from plus a thousand to plus eight hundred, now to plus six hundred. So he's on the move, Gary. He's go. He's moving himself up. You know, uh, this Rob, is according to DraftKings. Um, you, you know, yes, Rob, sir. Th- this is very similar to last year. Remember, hundred percent. Yep. You know, everybody basically handed the MVP to. Uh, um, Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like it was, it was going to be a no brainer, brainer, a walk away and Rogers came on strong and I kind of see the same scenario uh, this year. I completely agree, Gary. To me, the one guy though, who can hold him off is Brady. Yes. And because again, Tampa's schedule is not overly demanding. I think they're going to get to 13 and four or 14 and three themselves. I think green Bay is going to have, you know, either that 13 and four or 14 and three record and a huge part of the voting Gary, you know, in, in terms of stats comes down to where does your team finish? Mm-hmm. And when green Bay got to 13 and three last year, Gary, and, and uh, finished with the one seed in the NFC, I think that was enough to vault Rogers to the top. Um, now he obviously had an insane year too with touchdowns and his numbers and, and things like that. But, but Gary, if that was an 11 and five Packer team last year, that, was the four seed or the three seed or something like that. I don't think Rogers wins the MVP. Right. Right. I I think those votes do go to Mahomes because obviously Kansas city was the one seed over in, in the AFC. So I I do think that race for the one seed between the Packers and the Buccaneers is, is, is going to be huge. You know, Brady's stats, Gary are across the board are better than Rogers. No question. No question. Rogers has him in passer rating by, by a few points, but, you know, Rogers is down there at sixth in touchdowns with 23, which is a good number, but it's not, it's not like his number last year when he threw 48, you know, he's 10th in passing yards, Gary. Um, and again, green Bay's offense is middle of the pack. Now they they've picked up a lot of steam the last two weeks. Um, they were terrific the second half of the Minnesota game. And I thought they were really, really good controlling the ball for 40 minutes against the Rams on, on Sunday. But the, the tricky part in terms of predicting and projecting this Gary is, you know, can Rogers hold up these next five weeks with that toe? It doesn't look like he's going to have surgery. It, it, I, I know, I know he's in pain. I, I know it's hurting him, but man, the results it hasn't shown these last two weeks, Gary. Um, I thought he was really good. The second half of the Minnesota game after he got shot up at halftime. And I thought top to bottom, he was outstanding in that Rams game on Sunday. If he keeps playing like that, Gary, it's going to come down to him and Brady and, and maybe another dark horse emerges or something like that. 
but, but I would still think it comes down to him and Brady, but if the toe becomes too much Gary and he even has to miss a game or something like that, Mm -hmm. then I think, you know, huge advantage to Brady and and maybe some other guys who can catch and pass Rogers. Yeah. There's plenty of games yet. Guys can uh, make up ground very easily, but uh, yeah, you, you, you brought up about Rogers and his COVID toe. Um, he has been awfully call it COVID toe, Gary. <laughs> you made that a, 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 a huge point last week when he showed the world his foot. By the way, who, who was the Packer that lifted up his foot? Wasn't it Billy Turner and said, Hey, you want to see my foot? Somebody, yeah, yeah. somebody made fun of it. It, it, it was hilarious. One of the Packers. Uh, with, with, with Rogers showing that on Thanksgiving week, it wasn't the most appetizing, uh, <laughs> picture for, for for the world to, you know as, as they were getting ready for for turkey and potatoes and gravy here uh you are so right up right about that but but think of this he had 370 yards and two touchdowns against the rams he had 385 yards in four tds against minnesota it was the first time he put together back-to-back 300 plus yard gains I say, you know, don't have surgery at all. Just keep on playing. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't had any effect. I mean, he's actually played better. It, it sounds like that's the path they're going to take, Gary. Um, and, and, and they're, again, Matt LaFleur talked on Monday, didn't have a lot of concrete answers, but, you know, hints out of Rogers camp suggest that, that this, he probably will wait till the season's over to have any kind of surgery on this. And Gary, I think a part of that is there's got to be a fear factor from, from the Rogers people that he'll miss some time. And I'll tell you what, you know, you know, I banged on him for many things on this podcast and, mm-hmm. and, and, and I've, and I've been, so. yeah, I mean, he's I've been very critical of that. him and print at times. And, yeah. you know, he and, I, he and I have had a very hot and cold relationship through the, through the years because of it. But, you know, my job, I always thought is to tell the truth. I'll tell it right now, Gary, kudos to him because if, if he was given information that said, Hey, you're going to miss two games. If you have this surgery, I mean, Gary, he, he knows for the, in, you know, 97, 98, 99% chance. He's not a Packer next year. He, he could, he could easily just have the surgery now get himself right. Say, okay, whatever. But he's clearly all in for the 2021 season and, and he's going to suck it up from a pain threshold standpoint. And I, I will give him credit for that, Gary, not, there, there are a lot of guys that would easily opt to take the surgery. Look at Michael Thomas this year, right? With the, yeah. with the Saints, for example, who, who wound up not playing then at all this year because the timing of his surgery was, was so late. He should have done it back in January or February. And he, he did it right, you know, right in the middle of summer. Um, so, you know, if, 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 if this is, you know, the kind of soldier Rogers chooses to be that, 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 that's a huge win for the Packers, Gary. If again, if is the key here, he can keep playing even close to this level, because it, I would think Gary, it's going to get tricky at some point in time to, to not have practice time. And he hasn't had any practice time now for a few weeks and to stay really sharp and in sync with your wide receivers. Now, mm-hmm. he, again, these last couple of games, he hasn't missed a beat. He, he's, he's been incredibly sharp with, with some of these guys, but, but I, I do wonder if some of that timing gets picked away at a little bit. If, if he continues to miss time on the practice field, um, you know, what happens all of a sudden now when he sees some elite corners or an elite defensive line like Tampa Bay has and, and what, you know, what, what kind of monkey wrench does that throw into a Packer offense that hasn't practiced together? 
by, you know, by the time we get to January, Gary, you know, we, we could be talking about six weeks or something like that, where, where they haven't practiced together uh, with, with Rogers under center. Um, so that, that is a concern, but, but again, Gary, I, I think they're willing to trade that off in terms of him not missing any time and missing any games because they fully understand. I mean, if, if, if he misses a Ravens game, Gary, if he misses a Browns game, even if he misses a Vikings game, mm-hmm. um, there's a really good chance of a loss in, in one of those games. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out from here, Gary, but uh, you know, so far so good trying to fight through that toe injury. Well, I'll tell you, if this is his last season in Green Bay, Packers fans better soak it in because Sunday I was just watching him, and I think you and I agree that Brady is is the GOAT, and I always thought Joe Montana was the second-best quarterback I've ever seen. But there are are moments Sunday and and moments during the course of the season and his career where I thought, God, it's hard to fathom anybody being better at what he does than Aaron Rodgers, and he racked up almost 400 yards, or 400, 700 yards in passing the last two games, six touchdowns, but the thing that really stood out to me, Rob, he threw the ball 78 times, okay, in those two games, not one interception. I mean, it, it's just remarkable how, how he can control a game. I'm not going to argue. I, I don't put them as high on those lists, Gary, as you do in terms of the all-time greats and stuff. And, and I would still take Brett Favre over him yeah. um, in, in, a, in a heartbeat. And, and part of that too is just, again, Favre's the all-time Ironman, you know, right? 275 consecutive starts yeah. uh, during his time in Green Bay. You, you'll never see a number like that again. Um, you know, Favre had something broken, twisted, tweaked uh, every single week, Gary. He was on the injury report and he, he always went and played. Um the, the, the thing to me that's holding Rodgers back, Gary, from the all-time, all-time greats is that he's one in four in NFC championship games. I know. He hasn't been I good know. in those NFC championship games. He was unbelievably good in his one trip to the Super Bowl against Pittsburgh. He's the reason they won that game. Uh, but he hasn't been back, Gary, because he can't get out of that NFC championship game, and he hasn't been. He hasn't been good in any of those NFC championship games. He can rewrite that script a little bit this year. Um and, yeah. and, and beat a Tampa Bay, you know, beat the Cardinals, beat the Cowboys, whoever it winds up being, you know, if, if he's in that NFC championship game again, but Gary right now, he's tied for the worst winning percentage all time in NFC championship games of players who have been to at least five. And he will, if, if, if he would get back there somehow this year, Gary and lose, and be one in five he, <laughs> have he would record. have the <laughs> worst winning percentage in the history of nfc championship games in terms of guys who have played in at least four or five oh, um, yeah, so yeah. He, he's got to get that monkey off his back a little bit he doesn't like to hear about it and and all his defenders out there yell and scream when i bring up these numbers and and stuff like that but but gary one of you know one of the reasons this team hasn't won three super bowls or been to at least two or three Super Bowls in the Rodgers era is he hasn't been good. And, you know, he wasn't good in 14 against Seattle. He, he was terrible, you know, for two and a half, three quarters against Atlanta in 16. He was God awful out in San Francisco in 19 and, and Tom Brady outplayed him when it mattered most last year at Lambeau field, Gary. So, you know, he, he's got to get back to one of these games and win it. And then I think we can start talking about him as, you know, one of the maybe top eight or 10 quarterbacks ever. Yeah, and that, that's probably, Rob, where I, I would rank him. 
I mean, you know, I didn't mention Peyton Manning. We could mention a couple other guys, but sure, um, Elways and yeah. But but I'm kind of curious. You you are a uh, trivia buff here. Who is he tied with for the worst percentage? Do you know? Oh man, I'm trying to think of some guy that was in a similar. It wasn't Marino. Um, Well, we'll we'll come back to that next week. I looked that up last year, Gary. I remember at playoff time, and now it's. Now it's escaping me a little yeah. bit. It, yeah. it might come to me by, by the end of the show. Let me let me give it some thoughts. Fouts yeah. never made yeah. the Super Bowl. I know Fouts was in a in, in a couple of AFC championship games. Let let, let, let let me rack my brain a minute, Gary. Yeah, no, I, that, that would be interesting. Hey, uh, you know, we were we we spent some time talking about Rodgers, but and how well he has played the last couple of weeks, but maybe the unsung hero on the offense in the last couple of weeks has been Corey Dillon and, uh, or AJ. I did it again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Corey Dillon's going to be happy with me, but AJ <laughs> Dillon, not so much, but, uh, he, he's been really good the last couple of weeks in particular. And I, I just remember when he came out last year and, uh, I talked to a couple NFL scouts and they, they had uh, some reservations about how good he would be. They, they felt that he would never, ever be a starting running back in the NFL that he'd be a career backup. And last year he had a very, you know, mundane rookie season, nothing to write home about. And uh, this year though, he has, he has definitely picked it up. Um, especially as a receiver coming out of the backfield. Uh, he's done a really nice job there. He's, he's been proven to help him in, in the uh, short short game, short run game. Just your thoughts, you know, on A.J. Dillon. <laughs> well, okay, so Gary, I, I think I remembered who the other guy was, and I didn't look it up, but I, I think it was Kenny Stabler. Um, really? Now you, you remember the Raiders were always really good there yeah. in the seventies and, and early eighties, but they, they'd always run into Pittsburgh and, and Pittsburgh kept going to all those Super Bowls. Now I, I know the Raiders broke through the one year, right. And beat Minnesota in the Super Bowl. But again, I, I'll look it up Gary, but I'm almost sure it was Stabler. Um, okay. I, that's I think he was in a bunch of those games and, and he just couldn't get by Pittsburgh. And okay. So now to Dylan, you remember how much heat Gutekunst took for that pick? Yes, absolutely. So, Gary, that, that's the draft where he starts out love and he gets killed for it. A.J. Dillon and people are screaming at him. You have Aaron, you have Aaron Jones and you have Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. And then he takes the tight end to Guara in, in round three. He goes offense, 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 which, you know, people have been yelling for him forever to take, you know, pad the Packers to take offense. And, and, and every year they had been taking defense at, at, the, at the top of drafts. Um. Gary, th- this guy was smart enough, the general manager that is in Gutekunst, and, and I sing his praises on here a lot, and, and rightfully so, to, to fully realize he was going to be really lucky to bring back one of the two guys between Jones and Williams, and it was probably a 50-50 he was going to lose them both. Yeah. And you saw Jamal Williams leave early in free agency last year, and then they, they wound up getting a they wound up getting the deal done with Aaron Jones, which which I I thought Gary kind of bucked the odds a little bit. Jones Jones gave him a little bit of a hometown discount. The market wasn't quite as you know as as rich as you might have thought. Yeah, as, yeah. As, as I think Jones anticipated, and and part of that Gary was because you know twenty teams didn't have any money to spend because 
you know, the cap was lowered because of COVID. But, uh, you know, Dylan has turned into a guy that is absolutely perfect for Green Bay in December and January football. Uh, Gary, I think if they're going to go to the Super Bowl, their road to do it, if it, especially if the if the road goes through Lambeau Field, it is 36 minutes with the ball against Tampa Tom, uh, maybe in an NFC Championship game, or Dak Prescott or Kyler Murray or whoever it turns out to be. Or Gary, even if these games are on the road, and pound, pound, pound with Dylan. Now, now if that game happens to be in Green Bay, even better because the weather um, is going to work in Green Bay's favor. And by the third and fourth quarter, these guys don't want to tackle Dylan. Um, Gary, he had some runs for a yard or two or three run or three yards in that Rams game that were some of the more impressive one and two and three yard runs you'll see. The mm-hmm. Rams knew Green Bay was trying to run out the clock. They're, they're in their four minute offense, pounding away. Everybody knows they're running the ball. They want to run clock, milk that 36-17 lead, that 36-25 lead that if he came later on. Everybody knows Dylan's touching it. They got nine in the box, Gary, to try to take him away. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it takes three guys to still bring that man down. I mean, he's he's a beast. And if he can ever operate against a soft box, six or seven in that box, look out. He and Jones moving forward to me are the perfect complement. Um, you, you've, you've got raw power. And, and like you said, the ability to catch the ball. And now not only that, you trust him on third downs to, to block for Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then you've got a slasher more in, in Jones. I, I don't know, Gary, who's got a better combo in the backfield than Green Bay does with those two guys. And, and as much as I like Jamal Williams, and he's one of the more popular Packers to ever to, to, to come through town, Gary, in the last you know, 30, 40 years, let's call it, uh, just beloved by teammates, terrific with with people inside the organization, great with the media, et cetera, et cetera. He he just did, he did not have quite the skill set AJ Dillon did and mm-hmm. does. Uh, the, the, this kid is raw power. Uh, teams can't tackle him, Gary, with one or two men, and and he wears defenses out. And I know his final numbers the other day weren't sexy. I think he was twenty carries for sixty nine or something like that. You know, three and a half yards. Of, a carry, but man, Gary, he got tough. He got tough yards. He grinded out a couple first downs late in that game, which allowed them to milk another two, three minutes, um, you know, inside a couple of those possessions, Gary, I think the kid's terrific. I, I, I think they'll play the 2022 season with, with Jones and Dylan. And then in 2023, it'll be the AJ Dylan show uh, because they can't keep paying two running backs and Dylan will Dylan will deserve some money at that point in time. But for the next couple of years, Gary, they are they are set up perfectly uh, in terms of how they want to play offense. Yeah. Um, did you see the interview with Devontae Adams? Uh, was it yesterday, the day before? But he brought up Jamal Williams' name. Did you catch that? I, I didn't. I Yeah. I mean, I, and I was doing some other things at the time. But he started talking about Williams and, and how much fun he could have being – coming back to green Bay and, and have more fun than being in Detroit. <laughs> and I was just wondering, what is that all about? You know? Um, I mean, I, I can't see any scenario where that would happen, but I, I thought it was interesting that he uh, even brought it up. Yeah, no, the, the, there's no room in that backfield right now. I mean, you, you mentioned Dylan's quiet rookie year and, and, and it's understandable. He obviously had the huge game against Tennessee, 
where, where he outplayed Derrick Henry. He had a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. And I think he had 20 carries that night, went over 100 yards, and was, was a huge reason they were able to beat the Titans late in the year there uh, when Green Bay had some injury problems at running back. But, I mean, moving forward, Gary Dillon's a guy who's – you're, you're going to want to give him the ball 250, 300 times a year. And, and there, there wouldn't be carries for Jamal Williams, at least if Aaron Jones is still in yeah, town. Yeah. And, and Williams is too similar to Dylan, I, I would say, as a player. And Dylan's just a better player than, than Jamal Williams. So, no, again, though, um, kudos to the general manager for not just thinking short-term, right? Thinking long-term. Mm-hmm. Who's leaving? Who's leaving when? He's got a guy coming out of Boston College who's completely used to handling the ball 30 times a game, taking a beating, which – translates and correlates perfectly to the cold weather he's going to play in uh in green bay late in the season and and again gary if the road to the playoffs goes through green bay i I don't think this offense is particularly explosive that green bay has we've talked about it many times they're not going to win shootouts this year they're not going to win 40 to 37 i i think their key to going to the super bowl um is running the ball as much as they throw it winning with defense winning with ball control Rodgers with smart plays every now and then maybe hits a home run to somebody like MVS. But I, Gary, I, I think, I think the run game is probably more critical to green Bay trying to get to the super bowl this year than, than any other time in recent memory. Well, Rob, any uh, final thoughts, anything you wanted to uh, broach here uh, before we uh, call it a day, anything that uh, is. Ooh. No, you know, just. Gary, I'll just say this, and I think you're in agreement with me. I think when the year started and you and I predicted records, we might have both picked 13 and four. I know that's what I picked, and I think you were 13 and four, 14 and three. Yeah, something um, that ball right there. Yeah. Range, range two. Um, Gary, I, if you would have told me the laundry list of injuries that they had, I would have guessed 10 and seven, 11 and, 11 and six, something like that. And, and the way they're trending now, Gary, and, and a soft schedule coming off the bye week really sets up for them to, to go four and one or five and oh down the stretch. And they're going to get to that number uh, of, of 13 or 14 wins when it's all said and done. And, and Gary, I, I, I don't know who would have forecasted them losing, you know, Zadarius Smith pretty much for the whole year, Jair Alexander now for this long stretch. I, I could go through and read them all. We know them, right? All these guys they've lost. And, and Gary, that, they are now in a position, I think, over the next month to you know, slowly but surely start getting some guys back. Bakhtiari at left tackle might come back at, you know, here, here at some point in time. There's an outside chance. I think you get a Smith or, or an Alexander back. Um, you know, you're obviously not going to get Jenkins or Tunyon back coming off ACLs, but, but they've got a chance, Gary, to get some of these other bit players or, or, or big players actually back. And Gary, if they do that, they, they, they've, they've got a legitimate chance. I know you were there. You were the, uh, you picked them to win the Super Bowl. Um, I'm sticking with Tampa Bay at this point in time, but I'll just say this, Gary, I, I don't pay for tickets for the most part anymore. And I, I know you don't either all these years of doing this. It, it, you know, you, you, fortunately we, we, uh, you have the press credential and, 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 you know, for the most part the mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're not paying to go to games, Gary, if, if it's green Bay, Tampa, I'd write a blank check for that game. I'm telling you, I, 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 if that's the NFC championship game again, or, or even the divisional round of the playoffs, 
I, I, I can't even imagine, Gary, how good that game's going to be. That would be epic, Rob, if that Just happened. Epic. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. That game Sunday, Gary, and Green Bay had so much buzz and so much electricity. I mean, that that was one of the 10 best Packer games I've ever been to. That, wow. that, 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 that was an lot. absolute treat. And, um, Gary, I, I just I, – I, I cross my fingers that, you know, you don't root for things in, in, in our business. But, but one thing I would root for is, is, is a Packer-Tampa Bay game. Um, you know, you don't root for teams, I guess, you know, you don't root for, for individuals, but I would root for that matchup, Gary. Um, I just, I can't imagine a better football game uh, being played out on the way to the Super Bowl than Green Bay, Tampa Bay again. Oh, I think that game would be epic. And uh, what was the number of viewers for the uh, Cowboys Raiders game on Thanksgiving? I mean, it was just unbelievable. I was going to say like 38 million, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I think I saw that too. It, 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 I mean, it, that's, Rob, that's unbelievable. I mean, the Bucks when they were in the <laughs> in the finals, the highest rated finals game between the Bucks and the Suns last year was twelve million, and this so, is thirty eight for a regular season game. For a regular um, season game, Gary, between a five hundred team from the AFC and, and and I get it, quote unquote, America's team on the other side. Yeah. But, that that is ludicrous. I say it all the time, Gary. You, you you could put Jets Dolphins on a Wednesday, and it's going to beat the World Series, right? I mean, uh, right? You you could give me Jaguars Texans on a Friday night, and it's going to beat the NBA Finals. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. The the, the league the league is just so unbelievably popular, and um, yeah, and and yeah, deservedly you know, so, deservedly the, so. The the only other uh, NFC championship game scenario that would come remotely close to seeing the Packers Buccaneers is how about if Mike McCarthy comes to Lambeau field with the Cowboys <laughs> read my mind, Gary, that that's the other one that, that, you know, that would be either Rogers well. Brady part two or Rogers versus McCarthy, right? Yeah. The, yep. the, the quarterback who ran him out of town. No, 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 <laughs> the perfect the perfect ending we could get to the season, Gary, is Packers Cowboys in the divisional round, and then Rogers Brady to go to the Super Bowl or some form yeah, of that. Yeah, right? Yeah. Get them back to back weeks. I, Gary, I don't. I don't think I'd leave my typewriter, my computer. It would. <laughs> I, no matter yeah. no matter how many stories you put out, people would want to read it, right? Well, there you go. I, I like reading your stories, no matter what, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's got a little more zing though when you're writing about you know rogers brady versus rogers goff right yeah yeah <laughs> well i'll tell you what yeah when we uh convene again next week uh, i definitely want to talk about guticoons uh we, we touched on him a little bit now and uh i i think he's just done a remarkable job i mean remarkable but uh, we'll, we'll save that for next week. And uh, between now and then, think of uh, some good Gutekunst uh, anecdotes uh, to pass along. And um, That's about it, Rob. Our podcast clock is about to expire. Okay. But I do want to no, thank I, you. I, I, I love the idea. I love the topic. It's, it's, nice. it's nice with Gutekunst when you can see a local, a home, hometown boy do well, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we'll, we'll explore that deeply. I, I, I can't imagine when he was back at lacrosse, anybody ever saw this, this level of success for him. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So anyways, like, like I said, our podcast clock is expiring, 
but I want to thank you so much for your insightful takes. And uh, oh, but, but before I forget, if you can find out who has the worst <laughs> NFC championship percentage, winning percentage, uh, we'll, we'll pass it along next week as well. But yep, I, I will look it up as soon as this podcast is over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet it was Rogers and Stabler though tied at one and four. Yeah, probably. So that, that that that's my educated guess, Gary. I'll be I'll be surprised if it's somebody else. So, but yes, I will. That 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 that, that is my homework for the for the there, next week. There you go. Well, okie dokie. <laughs> so again, thanks for your uh, insightful uh, takes and analysis. And uh, I also want to thank our loyal listeners. So take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com.